Merry Christmas, pod people, and welcome to a brand new episode of Cinema D'Amore. I'm one of your hosts, Justin Morgan. I'm here with Chuck and Lexi, and I think this is like our third annual Christmas episode. We've covered Christmas movies in the past, but not have always had everything on out on Christmas. What do we do? The Star Wars holiday special, and then a Muppet Family Christmas truck? Yeah. Yeah, I think the last the last two years is what we did. And we're going to do a Christmas story and a Christmas story Christmas. And we're going to ignore summer story and a Christmas story too. Because like the Halloween franchise that recently came out, this Christmas story sequel that is currently on HBO Max, they're both on HBO Max if you wouldn't watch it that way, it ignores the other sequels. I, the Most of them ignore each other. I honestly think every sequel ignores all the sequels before it. I feel like that's the role for the Christmas Story sequels. Because I saw the Summer Story one on on Disney Channel when it was actually like a channel. And I'm like, is this related to Christmas? Like, it it had the voiceover. Uh, This is from memory from how long ago, so I don't really remember it. Obviously, everybody was like recast. And it was like... The whole thing was about spinning tops and yeah. playing these top games. And I think I remember making me interested in actual seeing people play tops. Like, I can't think of a game, like a movie that kind of covered that subject matter. Beyblade. And I never. What? Beyblade. It's like top battles. I mean, I guess so. But kids were playing that when I was like, I was like in high school. Children were playing that. So they kind of missed my generation. And I couldn't tell you what A Christmas Story 2 is, although I did see that that looks like it's also on HBO Max. Well, you had Pogs. I did have Pogs. Funny enough, Pogs is like a ridiculously old game that came from kids collecting milk caps way back in the day. That's what they need, a Pog movie. Every time you see content that's like about the 90s, they always make it like, remember the 90s? Remember Pogs? It's like... Yeah, I remember Pogs, but I don't really remember Pogs being like a big trend with kids themselves. I feel like they just thought oh, yeah, they were not hanging out with the right kids. Uh, marketing out. Easy. No, when I was playing Pogs, like every single person in my entire elementary school was playing Pogs. Yeah, Everyone never had even, the tubes to put them never in. Never like, played it. The... Yep, I had a huge tube. Yeah. I had like one of the slam mats and I had a tube of pogs and I had a couple of Yo, slammers. Is that a tube of pogs in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> yeah, I well, I had the small one that you could bring to school, which I don't know yeah. how many would fit in that thing. And then I had like a super tall one, although I, I never filled that thing up. It was maybe halfway full at the most. You guys so are they like were expensive. Younger than me, though. Yeah. So maybe that shit came out when I was like in high school and I just kind of was like, eh. You make me remember I was watching one of those VH1 shows where they were talking like pop, you know, the pop culture things. And I can't remember who it was. It was like a musician. And he was talking about how he loved Power Rangers and he watched Power Rangers when he was a kid. And they're like, the Power Rangers would have aired when you were like 25. (laughs) And he did the math and he's like, oh, shit, I guess I was watching Power Rangers as an adult. That's Not really there's anything wrong with that, but but yeah, I would bring Pogs back in a movie if it's going to be a '90s movie. Go beyond what they're wearing, 
like have a have a scene where somebody runs through a mall and they crash into like a uh, a pogs display i think pokemon was definitely a 90s thing the cards i think they're still popular though because it had a I resurgence see... but you got to look at that like the magic cards whereas people are buying it more as an investment now than actually playing the game i mean people still play the game obviously but like there's a large it's like it's really strange i watch all these videos about it like there are like stockbrokers who have started buying like sealed boxes of magic cards and pokemon cards just for the investment value in them because they just go up in value. So it's like a solid investment. Yeah, but you even saw what happened with baseball cards. They really drop. So it's you can't necessarily say how that market will go. Right. (laughs) So I saw something recently that was, it was funny. It was about autographs actually. And it was our hero, Matt Damon. And he was talking about how years ago, I think it was during like their goodwill hunting era, but him and Ben Affleck, they they do autographs for people, whoever would ask. And then the paparazzi would always ask them to do autographs for them too. And their plan was that the, if they keep signing tons and tons and tons of autographs, then their the value of their autograph will continue to drop. And they wanted to see how low, how worthless they can make their their autographs. That's really funny. But that's what I kind of think with the Pokemon cards and stuff, too. I mean, I had a friend that had that Charizard one that was, like, the first one that was, like, impossible to get. And I remember them making fun of him because he traded it, and then he ended up buying another one later for, like, $100. And people were like, $100? But I think it's worth more than that now, so. The Pokemon card that I owned, like, literally the only one, was the one that you got when you saw Pokemon, the movie, in the theater. I had that card. Mm. The Mew one. Yeah, which now might be worth something. I was too old to see that movie in the theater, but I still did. <laughs> I I think I was too old to see that movie in the theater too. Like it felt too, like it felt like it was for way younger kids. I saw that movie at midnight. <laughs> As a child, yep. around here that's impressive because I don't even. Yeah. Oh, they did actually do the midnight then. Now they bumped it up to like the seven o'clock crap for children. Yeah, yeah, that was back when it actually was. Yeah, like that was the only. Thing was midnight because i remember they had the um burger king was selling like the pokeballs with the uh things in them and i, I had, had i had like five tons of, those. of them yeah. see we're just reminiscing about the 90s now yeah i was gonna say so back to a neither, christmas story <laughs> neither, neither movie was shot in the 90s and neither movie takes place in the 90s <laughs> Well, it was something I was thinking about when you t- you bring up the other sequels i don't know what year a summer story came out but like the I think it Christmas was story, the 90s. Was it? Because A Christmas Story 2 came out in 2012. And then this one came out this year. And Fox did the Christmas Story live, you know, like when Fox was doing their, that doesn't their live series. I guess it was a musical. But I, I didn't see it or find anything about it or whatever other than seeing a poster for it. You're not making it sound very exciting. Uh, that that whole entire experiment from Fox, those like My live Christmas, broadcast music, those musicals they were doing, like when they did Rocky Horror and all that kind of shit, and they were trying to like make a thing of it, that totally bombed. Like nobody gave a shit about any of them. So My Summer Story is the sequel title. It came out in '94, so almost a Christmas story in every single decade except for the 2000s. Huh. I mean, but we've been seeing it 
the 24 hour Christmas thing forever. We were talking yeah, that about TNT's that a little bit. Thing. Uh, they still do something like, oh, maybe it's not TNT anymore. Whoever TBS. TBS. Now they do Elf. It's Elf they do now. It's not. They do 24 hour uh, marathons of Elf, don't they? They do, but they do 24 hour marathons like every weekend from for different Christmas movies. Oh, okay. Because whenever Elf was on 24 hours on like a Saturday a week or so ago. And then I can't remember what they were advertising for Sunday. It was like Christmas vacation for 24 hours or something. I lived in Ohio, like four blocks away from the house from A Christmas Story. And I know that they like have like stuff up in it, whatever. And I always intended to like go to it and see it. But I just, I was always doing something else in Ohio. One day we were going to go visit it when we were, we were visiting Steph's aunt that lives out in Ohio and we drive past it. But it was closed because it's closed like five days out of the year on holidays. And I think it was like New Year's Day or something whenever we were out there. So I didn't get to sit under the sink or anything cool. <laughs> this movie, the the brand new movie, though, was filmed in Bulgaria, which I think is a wild thing. I had the same reaction the- you did. I saw those <laughs> credits and was like, these are not Americans. No, I thought like my peon brain was thinking Toronto. Russian or something at first. Like I no, when I saw Toronto. all those, when I saw that the name of all the crew, I was like, these names are like I'm. Usually, when you see credits, the number one thing that's outsourced is visual effects. So, no matter what movie you'll watch, you'll usually see a lot of foreign names. You could tell that they're not. But this was like Americans. every credit. Yeah, this was like every single credit was like. <laughs> like every person uh, that worked on this movie. And- yeah, but I was just like, what the hell? And I I really don't know if, if it didn't sound like they shot anything in Ohio. So they must have just rebuilt the house. And everything in it looked accurate to me. Like, obviously, right. I don't remember. I don't think they go in the attic, but like the stairs that he comes down look the same. And the outside of the house looked the same. Uh, but they're outside the house a good bit. The actors are there. So it's not like it's just a shot that they stole. I mean, they did use footage from the first movie. A Christmas Story is a movie set in the 1940s that's sort of a slice of life movie about a young boy who wants to get a BB gun for Christmas and the struggles that he has to go through to get his family to kind of get that for him. And that's really pretty much the whole plot of the film. But Yeah, it's based on a book... That is uh, made out of like a couple different short stories. So the movie's four of the short stories together, which is kind of like why it seems to jump from like idea to idea to idea. I'm actually a big fan of A Christmas Story, the original. It's one of those movies that really sits well with me. This comes from that era, like the 80s, like late, especially like late 80s, early 90s, where we were creating a lot of those like slice of my life movies from like that were set in like the forties, fifties and like sixties. And you get stuff like radio flyer and like uh, my girl, things like that. I feel like this movie has that, that feel to it. This one's much more. Yeah. It's more comedic. It's more funny in its presentation, but um, I definitely feel like it's one of those kind of movies. Those is slice of life movies. And I think the reason that, I like this movie over most Christmas movies is because like the bones and the structure of the film are hundred percent Christmas. Like it is 
at its core, a hundred percent a Christmas movie. It's unquestionable that it's a Christmas movie, but it does a good job of taking breaks from Christmas and giving you other things to like go into. Like when the kid licks the pole, the kid licking the pole is like one of my all time favorite scenes in a film, like that whole thing. And it's like, that's not Christmas related. That's just like kids living their lives kind of related. And like a lot of the classroom stuff, like right. even though he's and they've writing... done it in dumb and dumber. Right. So it's like, it's one of those things where like, I just, I think the reason it work it works so well for me is that it breaks up the Christmas. Whereas I feel like the new one that came out didn't succeed as well in that. Like it was too focused on the Christmas. I have a question for you. Bob Clark, sure. he's done at least two Christmas movies that I'm aware of. Which is the better Christmas movie? Is it A Christmas Story or is it Black Christmas? See, I was just going to say with that too, he didn't just make two Christmas movies. He's made two of the most iconic Christmas movies like ever known. And, and polarizing, very different. <laughs> and they're totally, like I was going to say, and they're two completely different films. Like, they have no relation to he each other. He does capture all. the he does capture that like Christmas night feeling really well. Like in the in a Christmas story, after Christmas is done, and it's just that moment with the mom and the dad in the in the house at dark at nighttime. Like that's a pretty authentic feeling to me. Like that's you know when you have that feeling when it's all over but the lights are still up and stuff like i doubt that he captured that pretty well i think bob clark's an interesting case but what's the better one that was a question the better the better one is a christmas story in my eyes 100% i'm not a big fan of black christmas so all right charles mm, that's a hard one uh i would probably say i'd still probably say yeah i do between the two movies i prefer christmas story overall but I do really like Black Christmas. Yeah, Black Christmas is is great. And I do like that he he made it first. So the fact that he yeah. was able to make another Christmas movie that was more family oriented. And if I'm not mistaken, great. he didn't really make a film between A Christmas Story and Black Christmas either. Like that that was kind of his first two movies. Am I am I correct in that or I could be totally wrong. I am not a Bob Clark aficionado. Yeah. I just know that. That's why I said <laughs> I'm only aware of the two Christmas movies. Maybe he's done more than two. I don't know his filmography that well. If Chuck doesn't know, then I don't. I don't know what to say. Chuck's I'm gonna look it up game. on IMDb. It's, it's a tough one. <laughs> All knowing Chuck, he's like, yeah, hold on, let me access my memory. <laughs> <laughs> you just get in there. Uh, you know, he made so many movies between those. Uh, I mean, are we forgetting about Porky's one and two? Oh yeah, I didn't did know that Porky's was Bob movies. Clark. Yep, at all. I don't like those movies at all. So, well, that's even funnier that he was able to do the Porky's movies and then he did the, the Christmas Story. I also wasn't aware he did direct my he he did direct my Summer Story as well. Oh, oh cool. he did do the My Summer Story. He did. I was I didn't know that. He also did the uh, Baby Geniuses movies. So. You know, oh he was, God. he was kind of all over the place. He did the one from like the 2000s. Those are rough. Both baby geniuses movies. Oof. Oh my God. Ooh. One and two. That's terrible. Good Lord. How do you, he's got two classics under his belt, and then two like films that are considered like some of the worst no, films ever made. He's got four, four classics. What, Porky's. Yeah. Really, he's yeah, got both the be, Porky's movies. Be ignoring Porky's. Okay, I hate Porky's. <laughs> 
he is like definitely one of the most diverse directors I think I've ever heard of in so many ways. It's interesting how he was able to like kind of define genres with so much stuff too. Like even though I don't like po- Porky's, you have to acknowledge Porky's for what it was as far as comedy is concerned, like its place in the eighties comedy echelon. Oh, maybe he's like, obviously a Christmas story is a pretty comedic movie, but it has a heartfelt moments here and there. And it does do a great job, at like capturing feelings that I think that we've all kind of experienced as kids around Christmas, even if sometimes they're not like exactly the same the kids, you know, you, the tongue sticking to the pole, like you said, and they're tearing them. Definitely beats up is the kid. Feeling is something that's happened on the playground. Yeah, beating up the bully. Uh, the thing that grossed me out the most watching this was when they did the fake teeth, and the teacher's like, come on up, put them in my hand. It puts them in our hand like they're all gay. <laughs> it was gross to begin with, but now... Pre-hand sanitizer. Like, <laughs> I think my favorite scene, really, is when he's told to go out and help his dad with the car uh, and he, his dad hits the, the bowl with the bolts in it. And he goes, Oh, fuck. <laughs> I was like, that's such a good scene. And like the dad's face. And then like, do you know what your son just said? And she just starts screaming hysterically. Chuck, do you remember what we worked with uh, Mike and well, Chris, who was on the podcast, yeah. it, Mike had a similar story. He said that he said the he said fuck or something around his mom. <laughs> and she was like, where'd you learn that from? And he was like, uh, Chris Koval. And <laughs> he said this exact same scenario happened from a Christmas story where like his mom called Chris's mom. And then you could hear Chris's mom like beating Chris and Chris being like, no, I never said that. <laughs> How dare you? But I do like. Yeah, he's like, uh, actually, I learned it from the old man, but uh, I was a coward, so I threw Flick under the bus. I mean... I li- literally hear crickets. I did not hear what you said. Who learns? Who, who doesn't learn how to swear from their parents? That's all my mom does. It's like, where do you think I get it from? You and your friends, obviously. Maybe the kids of, like, a pastor or something? I don't know. <laughs> right? Yeah, the Catholic school kids. The Catholic school kids are the worst. They're the ones that are, like... They are telling you about shit you've never heard before so what's the plot of the the newest one what would you say the plot is justin i would say it almost has a stronger plot it's ralphie grown up and his father has just passed away so he's going back home to kind of fill his father's footsteps for his mother and kind of get christmas back in order well or while while trying to sell his book because he's a writer which makes sense because he seemed like a writer as a narrator in the first movie yeah he is that overactive well he's got to deal with the death of his dad which is a big part of it he he, and he still does although i don't i sometimes it sometimes it might have went too far well the funniest thing in this movie was the mom who you may remember from freddie got fingered and is not the original mom says that uh she's like your dad loved christmas and i'm like did he like i've seen the first movie several times and i That's didn't get what the feeling I was that he loves christmas like 100 <laughs> percent. 
Yeah, like, like they, pretty they were selling this. The movie. That's just how he was as an old man. <laughs> but that was such a weird plot point because, like, it was like they're they're selling us this film. Like, Christmas was your dad's favorite time of year. It was his favorite, whatever. And I was like, I wasn't left with the impression in the first film that the dad was just in love with Christmas. I felt like the dad just existed and went through the motions of life and Christmas was coming up and it was something he had to deal with. Yeah, they should have been like, your dad it was extremely excited about this Christmas for some reason and then le- left it at that. He did love Christmas, though, because you can, uh, there's, I, I will say... There is a moment in the in the original film that I feel like shows his true love of Christmas, which is the the, the happiest you see him in that entire movie is giving his son a BB gun. Yeah, he's like that's just his favorite thing. So I, I do feel like uh, they they say like Christmas, but we are shown that he does love all the things about Christmas. Like he loves haggling with the with the Christmas tree lot guy. Like he he loves that. They're like, oh, that's his favorite thing. Like he he really enjoys doing that. And he also enjoy it's, it does seem like he enjoys like making his family happy. Like he was the most kind of happy like showing them he was yeah. like, uh, I think there's one more for you there, which my parents have done that too, where they're like, have you looked behind that weird place? You wouldn't normally look and I'm suggesting it for no reason at all. Yeah. But I feel like he loves haggling. Like, I feel like that's something he just likes to do. Like well, explain he's how he loves haggling there. on Christmas morning when he's having his kids open gifts. Well, that's, that's not, it's not relevant, but like. Also, he loves that Christmas turkey. Yeah, he does like the turkey. That kind of. And thing. his turkey was way bigger than the turkey that they made in this in this sequel for like a hundred people. Well, that's because they had to eat all those casseroles. They still had twenty people come over. So I I feel like when you sit and you compare both of these films, I didn't like the newest one. Um, but I don't want to go into it and be like, oh, I hated that movie. It was terrible. I think it like started out kind of strong. Like I was like, all right, I'm here for this. Like he's a writer. He's whatever. And there was a thought in my head that was kind of like, they're going to try to loop this. You know what I mean? Like it's going to turn out that he wrote like a Christmas story, essentially like that kind of thing. Like he's going to tell the story of like his dad. But I feel like there was like an opportunity here to create your own kind of unique, like next level part of it. And and there was too much throwback to the original. No, they've tried it. They failed. They had my summer, my summer story. It had nothing to do with. I don't mean that. I mean, like they could have done a Christmas story that was their own thing. Cause like the thing that makes Christmas story great is that it's just kind of this unique one-off experience that you're having at that moment. And you're just like, it's a slice of life movie with Christmas as the emphasis on it. This movie was a Christmas movie. Like it was a structured Christmas movie. It was much more Christmas oriented because the guy was it obsessed with trying to create callbacks to it. That's, but I didn't want, I mean, like the callbacks the were not necessary. They no, they're never necessary, but it's, but I also thought like at the end when they were shown a lot of the comparisons, I'm like, I don't even think you needed to show these comparisons no, because I know not at all. So it's real obvious. obvious. Yeah. I don't think there was one comparison they sh- showed in the credits where I thought, oh, I didn't pay. I didn't notice that. Yeah, but I do I, like uh, that they got non-cast uh, these people that I don't think have acted in anything besides the other Christmas story. Yeah, I think it, I think most of those. Yeah, they got all the kids back. And I did like this one, but I would agree that I felt like there were too many 
Like it, I feel like they're they knew what they wanted the end of the film to be, which was to be him writing the story that is a Christmas story. Like they had that in their mind of that's the that's the end goal, and then the rest of the movie was how do we get to that end goal? Like not right. necessarily not necessarily like just coming up with the best stuff. It was just like we know that's where we want the movie to end. What do yeah, we do for 90 minutes to get strongest. it to to that? But then the middle is just nostalgia trips. Like Not always. I, I liked whenever they uh, they went to go meet Santa in the mall, which I was surprised the mall. I guess it's okay. It's the 70s. So they haven't updated they go, the, the display in 40 years. <laughs> well, they say it always stays the same. But um, no, the fact that they dropped the kids off to see Santa and then the story follows the parents using that time to get their kids all these gifts and stuff. Right. I got well, That's another I thing I didn't like. That it, was that it was had focused on the parents? No, I, I thought that was good. Like it should have focused. I kind of like the idea of like focusing more on what the parents were doing than what the kids were doing. So then I ask you, who's this movie for? I guess it's just for fans of the original films who have grown Hell, up. With yes. It. And they love it. 100%. I, every person, every person that's watched it is watching it because they love a Christmas story. And I'd say most people have been enjoying. I've not really seen anything bad said about the movie, unless I probably were to look at maybe some critics' responses. But people I see on Facebook are like, "Oh, it's great, the greatest movie ever." I don't want to call it a cash grab because I don't think that's a fair term for it. On this, nope, nobody's probably getting HBO Max for this movie. Well, yeah, I don't just mean no cash is being grabbed, right? Like I, I get. I get that side of it. Like, I'm not just saying that because of the fact that it's been released on HBO and instead of theaters, but like that statement can apply to like things that just feel like they're made for the sake of cashing in. And I don't necessarily think that that. that's what I'm saying. I don't think that this is necessarily a movie that was trying to cash in, but that I think that it, what it suffers from is modern film syndrome uh, I was going to say that in the attic, like that that type of nostalgia stuff, like would they keep the the lampshade? I don't think so. Right. Um, well, uh, or the maybe if they just had a regular had it, like a regular lamp. Or, yeah, they had everything just from that year in a very empty, massive attic. And each piece was set as a display piece, so that like as you're panning the camera around, you're able to kind of like that's the kind of shit that you just leave it in the background. You don't emphasize that stuff. Like having it in the background has a better impact than making it a focal thing because then it's just like, Hey, it's member berries. I don't like member berries. I'm not a fan of films that use that stuff. Cause like, it's just like, it's too much pointing out and those things should be subtle. And as a fan of the original, you should be able to watch no matter what it is, not just this movie, but like, if you're a fan of something and they make a new one of it and they take it and they stick stuff from the original in some, it, some it should just are be subtle, there. But there's a lot of things in here that aren't <clears throat> right. And like, that's what I'm saying is like, it's too much. Like, remember, remember like the fact that those neighbors 30 years later still have to deal with the dogs. Like I, I, I don't, I don't get mad at the idea that there's still a new, new stage of bullies. Like that's okay. And it's okay to have the kids have to deal with the same kind of bully thing that he had to deal with but in like a more modern setting the like aspects, this one were like so they were funny like, i like them mysterious though like you 
you never even really they were faceless. You, you, you never really to... you never even saw them. Right. Yeah, you don't even know what the hell they look like. And then they made the the kid from um the original look so fucking creepy. Maybe it was just his, I think it was just his face. The I gentleman think, yeah, that becomes yeah, a cop that changes his just him. But yeah, him and even his little goonie that's also in this movie are still <laughs> yeah more intimidating. There's still some stuff, but I think some. Uh, I I wish they would have played, uh, like they yeah they almost didn't change enough stuff about. I feel like like some of the things flipping around when they would do, like recreate a scene like, the the tree lot. It actually made me laugh a lot. Where he's like he's like I'm a master haggler. Just watch this, and then like the ugliest worst tree on the lot, and he's like, I guess I could give you like five dollars for that. And the guy's like sold, and he's like. Hey, I sold that stupid ugly tree. Like you hear him yelling in the background about how he's like so proud he got rid of the stupid tree that no one wants. And he's like, like I did like them kind of playing on that idea of like flipping the scene around the he's absolutely not like his father at all. Like he I'd he agree with that. Absolutely yeah. fell into the trap that that those guys set. Like he wasn't he wasn't there and his kids like weren't his kids are like, No, these trees all look great. They're fantastic. We should definitely pay full price for these, like that ruining his whole plan. So I I did enjoy some of those moments where they like, yeah, if you're going to, if you're going to recreate these moments, you need to go uh, somehow different enough to kind of make it, make it its own. And I feel like there, there were some times where it did that. And there were a few, a few too many times where it did just kind of, eh, we're just going to redo the exact same thing and not, I mean, I really enjoyed really that snowball it. fight. I thought that was pretty good. When he nails a little girl in the he face, that the, was yeah. so funny. When he actually funny. nails her in the face, and then yeah. it, it's the basically I shot my eye out type thing. I thought <laughs> the kids were good, but I also thought the kids were once again not like kids from that. Like I know that the boy, I've seen that boy in other films. I know he's an exceptional actor. He's a really good actor. So I wasn't like annoyed to see him there, but they were very like modern in their presentation, like they didn't feel like kids from the seventies other than wearing seventies clothes. Cause like the way that they handled things, like the skeptical little girl, all that kind of stuff, there's a way to do that stuff, but it just felt very like 2020, 2010s, like kind of, this has a feeling about it, like a modern comedy. And I think that's one of the things that hurts it to me is like modern comedy is just not, it's, it's, it's very like hit and miss and, they all follow a lot of like the same kind of story structure and things like that. So it was a combination of this film is full of like modern comedy stylings and tropes. Well, at the same time, it's trying to cash back in on like not literally cash, but go back to that era that it comes from. And it's not able to do that because it's a modern film and modern film just doesn't shoot that way so like maybe if bob clark himself came back and did this you might end up with a different film but that's not really a possibility so you just they're kind Christmas of like working with what you geniuses. have oh god so it's like even though like i said i wasn't necessarily like mad at this movie or whatever like i didn't walk away from it and say this is going to be part of my family christmas routine whereas the original Christmas story, and you guys know I'm a hard bitch when it comes to stuff. Hundred percent, like I'm like that's one movie I will absolutely put on 
every Christmas. And I'm not a big Christmas person, but I fucking love that movie. I think that's a really great, solid Christmas film. It's a really great slice of life film. There's so much like it. I was laughing out loud the whole time that I was watching a Christmas story. There's so many great scenes in it. It's so funny that the part with the, when he goes and sees Santa is like one of the best things ever. When he goes and licks the pole, it's so fucking funny. Like there's so many great moments in this movie and the, the kids in it, their acting is phenomenal. Like it's all top tier. So when you come back to it and you have this one, I don't know if it's top tier as much as the direction was good. Well, somebody was doing a good job because everybody came out of it really well. And even like the fantasy sequences in the original film, they also are really funny and cute because they're a kid. They're a kid's imagination kind of thing. I didn't feel like they worked as well in this movie, but I understand why they're there. It's just sad when a 50 year old man's fantasizing about being a cowboy. (laughs) It was just weird. Like, but like, like when he's sitting in the office and he's trying to sell his script and he spaces out and has like a thing, I'm like, this guy might have like a bit of a mental problem. <laughs> like if he's still doing this stuff as like an adult kind of thing, I'm like, you're not very focused, are you? So, so there was like this whole weird kind of like, no, he's not he's very wordy. Everyone says so. What year does the sequel take place? And I was under the impression it was 74. I think it says 73 on the calendar. Is that what it is? Because. The originals in the 40s, right? It's like a 40s movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like early 40s because it's um they're really excited about uh Wizard of Oz still. And uh maybe, Little Orphan maybe Annie. Everyone's been excited for for about for that movie for the whole 10 years of the 40s, but The Little Orphan Annie stuff is like definitely 40s. That's another great part of the movie when he gets to Dakota Ring and he's like going through the the words and he's like trying to figure out what it is and it's like don't forget to drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> and the thing that's He's... awful about that is that it's like now we're just like surrounded by advertisements constantly, you know? Yeah. You go on Facebook, it's just advertisement, advertisement, advertisement. It's like, I'm turning this off. <laughs> I was happy to see a lot of the characters come back. I would have liked to have seen more of Randy, especially with the way that they presented Randy in this movie. I was like, you need more of him. This looks fun. I want to see more of this character, but then he's just not there for the majority of the film. And then no, I think he has, he's there enough. Uh, he sure should have been a, more I'm focal. Sure, a, I'm sure he's not a good actor. B, I'm <laughs> probably didn't want to come to Bulgaria. The film has seen or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that, that wouldn't surprise me if that was more than anything else. Like some of these people's more limited screen time is like, yeah, you got to make the 20 hour flight to to the middle of Eastern Europe. Uh, his scene was funny, though, where he brought the kid like a knife and everything. When the the one friend, the one who licks the pole, is told he'll clear his bar tab if he goes and does the sledding thing. Once again, I, I got the throwback, then the triple dog there and all that. But I'm like, that straight would have killed that guy. <laughs> like, when he mm-hmm. goes off of the end of it and you hear like that crack sound, I was like, this guy's paralyzed, right? And they're like, nope, he's fine. I'm just like, no. But then it's like everybody just starts sliding down a hill and smashing into things and like hurting themselves. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, how did this just turn into like ripping like a bunch of alcoholics ripping slids away from kids? And like, it was like a scene out of Freddy Got Fingered or something. It was just like chaos. It was just random. It was completely random. I think my favorite character was 
what was his name? The the really really drunk guy who wouldn't go home. Larry or with something. the gray hair. Yeah, yeah he Larry. was great. I really enjoyed him. He's the one who could finish the casseroles. <laughs> yeah, I did like. Yeah, I do like the Midwestern like. Like we gotta finish all these casseroles. We're not throwing them out. Like that—that that wouldn't be neighborly of us to, to not accept our, you know, the gifts from our friends and family. Like we're gonna, we're gonna eat all these. I thought the mom was great. I thought she was incredibly well handled. Oh, the beginning of the new one surprised me a little bit. Where they were like, "Dad's excited for Christmas." And I'm thinking, is he still alive? Like I thought that actor is dead. I thought and that then, too. And then they got the phone call and I'm like, oh, they're going to say the dad's dead now. <laughs> I kind of thought that before I even started the movie. I was like, how much do you want to bet the plot line of this is that the dad is dead in some way? I mean, I didn't think the plot would revolve around that. I kind of just thought he would already be dead for years now or something. They they didn't bring the leg lamp back into it other than just showing the, the, the shade and the the, the, the upstairs and they showed the bunny did, costume did you upstairs. did you want them to calm down on the nostalgia or did you want more nostalgia you gotta make up your mind well i mean if they're if they were like it's it's weird like because they go they go and they dip into the pool but then they go eh. i would have liked to seen it be more of its own thing which it has a bunch of its own things like i'm not gonna say it doesn't there's a lot of moments like you said like the sl- the slide and very early on on the movie, those bullies on a snowmobile, I saw that stump and I'm like, these kids are just going to build a snowman around the stump. And that's exactly what they did. That Those kids should have died, too. There should just be oh, yeah. a lot of people dying. Yeah. Good call on that, because I didn't catch that at all. I didn't see the stump. So that's funny. I'm just going to I'm just going to say nice try. But uh, on what? Not a win on the sequel. Not when I'm looking at the original. Honestly, from my perspective of like however long we've been talking on this podcast, it sounds like the sequel wins because I have not heard anyone really talking about the original. Well, (laughs) I I talked about the original. I've been gone into it. I brought up. It's like everybody knows the original. I feel like I feel like it's almost like like my first thought is like, hey, talk about a Christmas story. I'm like, everybody knows that movie. Like, what what is there more? What more is there to say about that movie that like? hasn't been said a million times it runs for 24 hours a day every year like right it's almost one of those if somebody says like but do oh. you watch it every year still because i know Lexi yeah does, but i i have not watched that movie in probably 10 years i used to watch it every single year and then i just got sick of it i do still watch it but it is more like a background like it just it just runs yeah. while i'm doing other stuff like i don't i do not actively like sit down and like put a dvd in and go okay gonna watch this i'm gonna sit down and watch it from beginning to end i i find that it it's one of those like movies like exactly like you like you said with jurassic park or something like that like if it comes on television you don't mean to start watching it but you'll start watching it and the next thing you know you're like now i'm watching jurassic park it's like i don't know as mean to watch it I'll, sometimes I'll just put it on, but then I just get drawn into it and I just sit and watch it because it's one of those movies. One thing I wanted to comment on the original that I didn't think about until this time was uh, the scene where he goes when the kids go to see the Santa. I was like, man, he totally pulls from Black Christmas for that whole scenario, like the hard perspective shots that are like shaking when the kids like hmm. walking up to the Santa the horror that is presented ho, in the Santa. Ho, ho. The, the, the tight, tight, tight shots. Elves heads. 
yeah. the, every shot is like from like someone looking down on the kid. So it creates this like tight horror perspective. And I was like, it was so interesting to see how much of like his horror lineage came out in that one scene. Cause so I was like, damn, that's like pretty, pretty well shot. I never thought about it before though. Like, Cause I never, I didn't see black Christmas until we honestly covered black Christmas on my podcast. So that I was mean, not a movie done, I saw when I was a kid. really well. Like you have this piece of artwork that you love this award that you've won and then your wife breaks it. That's horror. <laughs> I don't know what else is. I love that scene when she just goes in and intentionally breaks the Or having your your tongue stuck to a pole. Like, that's that's a Saw movie if I've ever seen one. I do like that scene in the beginning where the teacher's like, where is he at? And the kid looks out the window and she's like, oh, my God. I'm like, she has a perfect view of the playground. How could she not have seen that kid? But then they went and got the fire department. I'm like, just pour hot water over his tongue. Get him off of it. It's not that big of a deal. Oh, my God. Have you ever seen a Saw movie that would kill the kid? So when I was a kid, <laughs> I saw this movie and I saw that scene and I was like, nah, there ain't no way. <laughs> so immediately the next day I went to school and licked a pole and my tongue stuck to it. And I was like, oh, it's real. <laughs> it's not pleasant. So you weren't one of the smart kids. I couldn't believe it. I was like, there's no way. Like, it just seemed so implausible to me. I was like, no, there ain't no way. Well, it definitely like, sounds oh, like somebody yeah. that grew up in Canada and moved to Florida. That's a choice <laughs> that that person would make. Wow. Are you calling me a Canadian Florida man? Yes. you. That was a Florida man story. <laughs> that's, ter- that's terrible. Didn't parts of Christmas Story get shot in Toronto? Am I wrong with that? The original film? Because isn't, isn't, isn't Bob Clark Canadian? I don't know. He is. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I thought he was. So I think like like um, so the streetcars and stuff in it are like Toronto streetcars. That's why in the the sequel, the streetcars that go by in the the scene when he's buying the tree, I was like, those are uh, TTC streetcars. So I was like, that's why I thought part of it had to have been shot in Toronto. But you're like, the whole movie was shot in Bulgaria. <laughs> so I'm just like, I almost feel like, how would that have been cheaper? When you already have so much of the pre-existing structure from the original film, I don't know. Film, maybe like, there's like, still a, like a v- super rich prince out in Bulgaria that <laughs> there's, there's loves just, the Christmas story. There's just a Bulgarian prince who's like obsessed with Bob <laughs> Clark and has like entire recreations of like all of his sets and movies. Not all like, of his movies. It's very specific. A toy, uh, a toy story, uh, a Christmas story. <laughs> He's like, I always wanted to recreate this movie, and I've always wanted the original cast. I think I was most surprised to see that that Bill Bigsley or whatever is in a production company with Vince Vaughn. You didn't see that? It's a produced by Vince Vaughn. I did one. see that actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's an old thing. He's in because uh, he's in Elf too because he's friends with Vince Vaughn and John Favreau. I think he might be a producer on that film too. He's been stuck doing all these Christmas movies for his entire life. He was in uh, four Christmases with Vince Vaughn as well. Because again, he's Jesus just Christ. like, he, I mean, I feel like that yeah. is largely the only things he is known for is is Christmas things at this point. Vince Vaughn's in a lot of Christmas movies, and I never thought about that until you guys brought it up. I'm like, damn. I, yeah, you're right. There's like a good. I mean, four he's in Christmas another great movies. movie with Rip Torn called Dodgeball. Oh God, I hate that movie. There are some good moments in that movie, though. They the can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. The whole movie is full of good moments. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't like Ben Stiller. 
I don't like Ben Stiller comedy. It's not my thing. You like Ben Stiller drama? His uh, he severance is drama? great. I'm trying to think of drama that I've seen him. From. But he's a director though. He's not in it. No, he's not one of the comedians who has goes on. Ben been in a couple. Uh, yeah, he was in that one. Uh, he he was in that thing with Adam Sandler that was serious on Netflix. Oh, I don't know. I don't know that one. I don't. I love that Adam movie. Sandler's serious work though. <laughs> I think he's a phenomenal. Uh, Talk about that basketball movie actor. he was in. Not so big no, on his comedy either. Never been a he's... big Adam Sandler fan. <laughs> I think I know what you're talking about, Chuck. The basketball movie. Wasn't that a comedy, though? I thought that was like a comedy. No. The Meyerowitz stories. I don't know that one. Nope. It was pretty good. And it's a serious I, role. I think Adam Sandler's only really good comedy is Billy Madison. I do like that movie. We're not but I hate talking Happy about Gilmore. Adam Sandler. I know we're not. But, you know, while we're here... Do you think, do either of you think that this new Christmas story is good enough that you will bring it into your holiday repertoire each year? Or do you think it's a one and done for you guys? It's probably, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I would specifically go back. Like it's, it's probably one that it would be, yeah, maybe like every once in a while, like ah, I watch the Christmas story, I'll put on the sequel, but yeah, I don't I don't think it would be a consistent every year thing for me. But I don't I don't know. I don't know that I have like a ton of movies that are like, oh, I have to watch that one every single year. Like, like it's only like two or three that I'm like, no, I, I like need to make sure I watch this. What are your two or three? I got to watch Scrooged every year. That's my favorite. That's version such of a, Christmas a good movie. Carol. Oh, my God. That movie's good. That's that's my so favorite. Good probably it's probably i would say probably every year it's it's probably scrooged scrooge christmas vacation is is definitely in every year christmas vacation absolutely 100 percent. well yeah it's definitely totally every on board year. for that and all and and my number one always is uh muppet christmas carol you know you can watch that too. with the uh deleted scenes now i saw they they put it on disney plus so it's kind of hidden on disney plus Anybody listening that's interested in watching it, if it's still on, it should still be on Disney Plus today, yeah. Christmas Day, but they'll remove their shit probably by January. Go to a Muppet Christmas Carol, and then you have to go to the extras, and then in the extras you can watch the movie with the, uh, with all the like deleted yeah. scenes. There's like a deleted cut. song is like the big thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember that because I don't know what the hell that was on the Disney Channel where. It, but I, I remember that song all the time, and it was weird that it was cut. It always felt weird, too, because when you watch the version where it's cut, yeah. it feels like there's supposed to be a song there because that's like it's that one moment between like young Scrooge it's like two and people his, looking at each other and then just ending. Yeah, it like feels like, yeah, it like feels like they're getting ready to go into a song about their love. And then it's like, because that's like the shortest scene in the whole movie. They just like come in and they're like, this is where you dumped your girlfriend. Okay, we're out. Like, and then they just leave. And I'm like, oh, there wasn't more to that scene. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, all. Oh. Always watching It's a Wonderful Life every Christmas Eve. It's yeah, a really yeah. good movie. I like that and, movie um, a lot. And then I watch. I usually don't. I usually watch a Muppet Family Christmas every year that I'm putting up the tree. I didn't this year, but I'll still watch that. Those are like my two definites. I love Christmas Vacation, but I know I've missed out a couple of years. Yeah, I, I should fell put off in some on of the one. the off ones like you brought up Batman Returns. Uh, I should fit more Batman Returns and more Die Hard into my. Christmas yeah. diet, some more eyes wide shut, some more unconventional <laughs> Christmas movies that we've covered before. 
but I saw like Elf's not an every year thing, but I caught more. El- I caught another viewing of Elf, and I I think that's great. Maybe except for the the last like ten minutes aren't as great as the rest of the movie, but maybe we'll talk about it next year. Have you ever heard of the movie Rare Exports? Came out in twenty ten. Yes, but I didn't watch yeah. it. That's that actually me and Jacob both. So that might be the guy that did the new, the new Violent Night. Okay, with I don't know that one. David Harbor. It's trying to be the new Christmas thing. It was excellent. No, you should see Rare Exports if you haven't seen it yet. I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies. The latest movie that I watch kind of regularly is probably Krampus. I still watch Krampus. Krampus like, was good. Oh yeah, uh, a couple times. Like I would say it's almost every year too. I try to watch rare exports and then I actually have like specifically specials like not movies, but like I try to watch the invader Zim Christmas special and um, I have a movie I like to watch called Santa Claus versus the snowman, which is really bad CG, but it's kind of fun. I always try to watch the, uh, the Simpsons because their first episode is the Christmas episode. That was a good one too. It's pretty pretty good Christmas special for what it is. I like that stuff. I tend to like the the TV kind of Christmas specials. I like unconventional stuff, obviously. So anything that's like completely off the wall. Like that's why I like the Invader Sim Christmas special. Cause it's like the Guardians of the Galaxy <laughs> one sucked. So good. That was terrible. Whoo! That was hard yeah, to watch. I was I was disappointed. I couldn't believe how bad that was. Like I didn't want to watch it to begin with. But like uh, two side recommendations. What are your recommendations? Oh, well, it weren't even Christmas. I was just going to recommend some stuff to Chuck. Um, <laughs> Clerks three. I really enjoyed a lot. And it does mm-hmm. kind of have some similar ties to like how Christmas story Christmas is to a Christmas story. The way it goes back. And I cried. It made me cry. And then I also watched um, Del Toro's Pinocchio, which I thought was pretty good, too. I need to watch that like still. The animation, and it's great. It's pretty violent. It's the most, like, violent. <laughs> uh, maybe it's not for Is kids. it stop motion? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I will watch that, though. Yeah. I, I I will say I recently watched that. Someone had a list. Uh, like, I don't remember if it was, like, it was, it was one of the random, like, film sites. It might have been even, like, one of the Criterion ones that, that I follow that like does their blogs and they did a, they had like a list that was like movies that aren't Christmas movies, but they feel like Christmas movies and uh, they had Paddington on there. So I watched Paddington one and two and those were, I, I very much enjoyed both of those movies. Yeah. Like, way I more than I pa- thought I would. Did you watch them recently? You're saying I just want, I watched them back to back the other night. I was like, I put on Paddington oh. one I got done with it and I was like, I, I got to watch Paddington two now. I did the same Paddington thing like two a couple was hilarious. months ago. I've been hearing about Paddington 2, Paddington 2, so I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to watch both. Because it had like 100% movies. on Rotten Tomatoes. Like Everyone was like <laughs> universally like, this movie's good. Watch this movie. And I was like, it can't be that good. And I watched it, and I'm like, it is that good. It is I still great, can't believe it's good. It's extremely wholesome, but it's also yeah. really funny. Like, uh, that was like I love like I love like Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, the second one especially <laughs> made me think of Wes Anderson with like the prison thing because the prison made me think of Grand Budapest Hotel when they uh, when he's in with like escape, Harvey Keitel yeah. and they have to do the big escape at like one hundred percent. Also, he does like those uh, those cutouts too of like the the house opening up and like showing all the people in their rooms, which was exactly like uh, stuff from Life Aquatic or something like that. I was like, I'm watching. I'm like, I'm like, oh, this I I'm really. In, Really enjoy that. And I, I loved like Brendan Gleeson in the second one is like the uh, yeah. 
the prison knuckles he has like the tattoos written backwards on his hand like he has to like cross his hands over he's like knuckles with an n like uh yeah it was like that but those because they both are around like i feel like they're both set at like the holiday time they both have like they end with like snow everywhere but they never say they're christmas movies but they i I was like i could 100 percent see myself like next year being like it's christmas time i think i'll watch paddington again Rachel makes us watch a white Christmas every year. Like that's her big family's tradition. So now I've been made to the one with Bing Crosby. I don't think I've ever watched white Christmas. Yeah. Um, it, you should watch it genuinely. Like I don't really care for it, but I would never say it's a bad film. I might. No, I think you'd really like it. Genuinely. That's another film that like 90% of that movie is not a Christmas movie, except for the very end. Like most of it's just, there's like, it's a wonderful life. There's no, it's a lot of dancing into the movie. It's all, it's all just the, it's more, most of the movie is more singing in the rain than anything else. Like it's just these two, these two best friends that are the two friends that that are singing and dancing. And then they meet up with these two sisters and then they all form like a, a traveling group performance. Yeah. And then it's not till like the very end that it's like, hey, let's put on one big super show for Christmas. And then it's like, but like 90% of that movie is not a Christmas movie at all. No, it's more like a war movie too. Like there's a bunch of war. Yeah, stuff it starts and... out as a war film. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's good. Like I, I like it, but yeah, it's, I mean, I, I, I think seen, you'd enjoy uh, it. The Night of the Hunter showing up on people's favorite Christmas movie lists. If you've, if you've never seen it, Justin, I highly recommend that you watch White Christmas. I think it's important as a film. Is it better than Black Christmas? Uh, yeah. That, a lot that's of a, ways. That would be a good double that's a, feature. That's an f- unfair comparison. White Christmas, though. Black yeah. Christmas. <laughs> Don't tell anybody what you're showing either. Just be like, here we go. We got the whitest and the blackest of Christmas. I think I probably also watch Miracle on there. 34th Street every year. Yeah. Miracle's good. Actually, we covered Miracle on my old show and the remake the that remake. was done was the one with the one with the chick from um was it where's your girl no the girl from um matilda this is doubtfire yeah yeah mm-hmm. she was good in it she was excellent but it was a terrible remake in comparison to the original it's, the original yeah, is it way better it doesn't have as it's not as i feel like the the the, only, the one thing i like in the remake is probably probably think that little girl's good in it and uh it's got a uh, david attenborough from uh, Mara Wilson. Park, that's what like, I was. That's what I meant yeah, to say. Yeah. He plays Santa Claus, and I think he does a yeah. he does a great job as as Santa Claus. I always love the original. Uh, and they I'd, quote him, or they quote the original movie in that Violent Night too. Well, that's good. I like that. That was a that was a good movie. The the original. I I like actually. Funny enough, um, the original, like old old black and white, um, Charles Dickens, one. That's so good. Have you ever seen that one? Like the really old black and white, uh, uh, what is it? A Christmas story? Christmas Carol. Scrooge. Christmas Carol. Yeah, Christmas uh, there Carol, are so yeah. many Christmas carols. Uh, there, well, there's none better than Scrooge. We've, we're agreeing there. Scrooge is good. Have you seen the really old one though? Like a Mupp, uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol. Yeah. No, the one from like, 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 I don't even know. It wasn't silent era, but it was like pretty close to it. Uh, that story, there is Christmas Carol's like of a Christmas Carol every year. I feel yeah, I was like, there. It's almost, and it's almost one of those stories that it's so, like, I don't want to say it's like it's such a good story on its own that it's almost, it's it's more of an anomaly when there's like a bad version and you're just like, how did you mess that up? Like, it's, yeah. it was already like preset for you. Like, you, Isn't you the had new Will you almost have to like movie, go out of your way. Um, 
another Christmas Carol. Tape. It's another, yeah, the, that spirited on uh, Apple TV. How could I forget my other tradition with Christmas, the Beavis and Butthead Christmas uh, special, <laughs> where they do the Beavis and Butthead version of It's a Wonderful Life and a Christmas Story. <laughs> Those are great. And they read letters from Santa in between the the stories where he whips Beavis in the reindeer costume. It's good shit. They also have a Thanksgiving special and a Halloween special. I was a little so disappointed in Mike Judge. No, like I thought Mike Judge would definitely bust out a new um, Beavis and Butthead Christmas special this year with the new series because he's gone a different direction with it. So I was really hoping he would do like a really good Christmas special. You know what's going to have a Christmas special? Lego Masters. They're going to have a special. They're doing three episodes of bonus shit. Oh. Speaking of which, I I watched the... I watched the decal episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> the decal, the decal, decal, which I thought was really funny when I saw it. I was like, I didn't even think about that until you brought it up. That you say it wrong. <laughs> well, according to the Canadians, you guys say it wrong. So yeah, she's pretty adamant about that. Yeah, but speaking they will of have Christmas, Christmas episode, and we'll see what they do. Justin sent me a Christmas present, and I very much appreciate it. He had me open it already, so thank you so much for my Fast and Furious car. <laughs> <laughs> I was very more impressed. appreciated than the ghost face blanket. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I was very impressed with your ability Which I don't to choose see Brian. <laughs> it, it fell on the floor today. It's right here. It fell on the floor, and so, that's where I'm leaving it because it's yeah. garbage. But I, I appreciate you picking Brian's cars because Brian does drive the cars that I like the most in the film series. But I don't understand why the toy, the toy Brian that comes with the car has brown hair, but but he has blonde You're hair. Lazy. I was like, that's I mean, the toys, the not important that the car is the important part. But still, I, it's still vastly appreciated. I still have to send your gift out. So it's going to probably be a little bit closer to Christmas because we're recording this right before christmas so uh, and charles will get his in person also yeah. before christmas before this episode comes out i'm probably gonna send you charles's gift and then you'll have to give it to him as well I'm ne- i never see him that's okay i guess he doesn't get it then all right that's <laughs> it six months from now i remember that time you chris sent it to me and like i'll just cri- open it chris had like a christmas gift for me for like six months and every time i saw him he'd be like i'm gonna get your gift for you next time and then i think it was just like all it was was a Cold Stone Creamery gift card. I saw so I'm 100% like, <laughs> like I, I don't think you even had a gift for me or you had it and you lost it. And this was like your replacement because it was and it was in like March. Like, oh, here is your gift that I definitely had this whole time. Yeah, he would do that a lot. Yeah, well, the, we had we had pretty big, uh, well, bigger Christmas traditions with my friends that kind of died off over the last couple of years. We did like a Christmas party where we would do like a secret Santa that was kind of fun because we used it through this um, computer, like this website. So the website was like we could put you plug all your names in and who you didn't want to get gifts for. So like I would plug in so I wasn't getting a gift for Steph and she wasn't getting a gift for me. And then it would basically pick who your secret Santa was and kept it like a legit secret because back in the day we tried doing it with like names and a hat and it would like you'd have like 10 people pull names and the very last person's like i pulled myself <laughs> so you have to keep doing it again and again i'll buy myself a gift i'm okay with that 
I, I have, what do another, I like though? It's another one of my Christmas shirts. That's uh, Kevin from the office where he's like, I pulled my name for secret Santa. I was supposed to tell somebody, but I didn't. <laughs> that's that might even have just been one of my favorite ones. Better to, yeah, that might have been even better to do. Get yourself whatever you want. You're like, yep. Yeah. So now I guess I'll never know who my secret Santa is. Just be like, oh my god, how who did this? How do you know so much about me? And then start crying a bit, like you're so moved by the experience that you're just like, or get something that's like way expensive, like it's a yeah, it's an Xbox or something that you're like mm-hmm. secret Santa never gave that check. That is a, like the a one really secret expensive Santa, Rolex. Though, uh, our friends, I had chuck and we had matt and we were we bought them their gifts but then we were out at gabe's which is like a real cheap dollar store and we found a copy <laughs> we found the batman action figure for like two dollars and like it looked like <laughs> it looked like a two dollar batman figure yeah and then uh the other one was teen wolf, wolf dvd but the funny thing was it was in this like christmas bulb wrapping paper or like it looked packaging. like it was in an ornament. Yeah, so once you opened the ornament, you had no place you just to have put a loose, your disc. You just have a loose <laughs> DVD copy of Teen Wolf with nowhere to put it. Yeah, so I uh, I just, I opened it and it was, well, I we wrapped them and we, we hid the gifts because I told stuff. I'm like, we're going to have to give them the real gifts after the whole thing because then it reveals who we are for the Secret Santa. So they're just going to have to believe from the time that they open it to the time that we do the because we did if you guessed your secret santa you get prizes and stuff yeah and then chuck was like he opened it and it was such a great look on his face and he goes oh i did say i like batman and then he <laughs> like he didn't really complain but his mom was there and darcy's like i thought we had a 25 dollar limit and i was like that's a limit darcy <laughs> not, it's not, not a requirement to spend <laughs> <laughs> she had like a really nice like autograph picture from danny trejo danny trejo yeah <laughs> i forgot a, about like that. a dollar back <laughs> i think matt did the same thing matt was just like everything matt said anything matt was just like oh thanks thank like, you even know yeah, what that's else him for like. things that he really likes too though so yeah Gave or we had that one gift. christmas like, where yeah, um, like teen wolf better chris got uh yeah chris got our friend shane of stephen king book and he put it in a box of Cheerios and he like glued it shut and had it feeling right where it felt like it was actually still full of cereal, not a book. And he was like, I'm sorry, that's all I could afford. And our buddy was just talking about how much he liked Cheerios for like five yeah, minutes. Really trying to convince himself that that was, you know, Cheerios is a part of a healthy breakfast. I mean, it's probably better <laughs> for me than anything else you could have bought me. <laughs> It was pretty. Funny. That was just our running. That's joke up there for with like the, the time that I five ate his, years. Like, I ate his breadstick when we came back from the pizza place, and he's like, "Oh man, they just came you lots and lots of breadsticks from this place." I'm like, oh, no, it's all right. <laughs> this is a perfect episode. Perfect episode for her to make. <laughs> uh, I do like a Christmas story, though. I do enjoy it a lot. Uh, me not watching it for the last ten years is more so because like I needed kind of the step away from it. Cause it was just like, I've been watching it too much to the point where it wasn't enjoyable. And I did really enjoy rewatching it this time. Yeah. I still remember every single 
thing from it, and I think that it yeah. works out pretty well. I didn't even I didn't even rewatch it this time because I because yeah I was just like I was like I I don't have to. No, we didn't even spend that much time. I think, but what draws you in the most, like. I it's weird because I feel like obviously the new one that we just watched is nostalgic to the original, but I feel like the original is kind of nostalgic to a lot of Christmas traditions. I mean, it reminds me a lot of how like, like things that happen in Christmas vacation, even though it parodies a lot of it is, I mean, we're dealing with the same stuff. Like I think they do really good slice of life moments that like Lexi was saying earlier. Yeah. It does them really well, yeah. like super well. Yeah, it's just a good, simple story. Although I think it's, I think the thing that I always, always liked about it, and I don't know, probably where I get like more something like Scrooged or something where it's like, uh, I don't know if I would say like cynical, but it's very much like, it feels like more of like what people really feel around the holidays. Like it doesn't try to, mm-hmm. all right, Christmas vacations, like another one, like it doesn't try to sugarcoat. It's like, it's like, no. Like sometimes Christmas sucks. Sometimes like your family's bad. Like sometimes you you just have these problems. Like like I don't I don't want to watch a movie where it's like oh Christmas is just like the perfect time of year and everything's right and nothing will ever you go wrong. You don't want to watch it's the like, the Hallmark Channel Christmas movies. I yeah, those those versions of Christmas movies. Oh, you know another one I was I thought about that that I think I've watched like the past two or three years pretty consistently is uh the the Klaus movie that it was on netflix oh yeah the animated one we covered i was gonna bring it up when we're talking about like new movie new christmas movies and i've watched that on a couple times i guess and probably maybe almost every year then it's a good origin yeah i know i know we should wrap this up so yeah i think that was our christmas story episode yeah and it's our last uh episode of the year and we'll have something on christmas day for you and we're kind of gonna be starting up what i'll just call season two <laughs> like the new era of of uh the podcast yeah Woo! i feel like maybe yeah. we've done seasons uh, for a while but we're just gonna season two season two yeah. and then maybe i get to be after, part of it maybe every anniversary will be like the first episode of a new season after that see how long it goes because we've been doing this for five years now which is pretty incredible yeah i still enjoy it i think we space it out enough we're doing a lot more now in december then we probably will in January, but it's not going to feel like it to the people that listen. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me on here and letting me be part of this. Hope you all have a Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to our episode. You can go back and listen to our other Christmas episodes on Podbean. Podbean never, they never go away. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple or wherever else you listen to it, it's going to do like the last 50 episodes. So maybe you'll get the Muppet Family Christmas episode. But we've also covered other Christmas. We've done unconventional Christmas. When James is on the podcast, he almost wants to do Christmas every single December. Yeah. I think last the last year we decided, I said, can we just do movies in the winter? Like snowy movies. Yeah, it's when we did a simple plan. Yeah. maybe we I like that idea like, more. You can do your Paddington too. Movies that feel yeah. like they should be a Christmas movie but aren't. Nope, I'll just be holding out hope for Paddington 3. Until then, see you next year. Thanks for listening. Bye!
All right. That was our episode. Thanks for listening.